Amen. Let me ask you, if you would, to open your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. Beginning in verse number 1, the Bible tells us there, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. If you notice there in verse number 3, the Bible says, If our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. And then in verse number 4, you notice the phrase there, The light of the glorious gospel of Christ. And so if you will allow me this evening, I want to kind of join those two together, and I've simply entitled the message this evening, If Our Light Be Hid. If Our Light Be Hid. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank You again for Your love and Your mercies to us. And Lord, we thank You, Lord, for the privilege and the honor that You have given us of being able to serve You. And Lord, may we return that honor to You because, Lord, we know that we can do nothing without you. And Father, I pray that you would be with us tonight. I pray that you would give me clarity of thought and speech. And I pray that, Father, that you would help each one who is here to hear the message that you have for their heart. And Father, I pray that you would bless in Jesus' name. Amen. Many times we get different kinds of questions about going to the mission field. We get questions about how do you know it's the will of God for you to be in Kenya? And, uh, you know, Brother Coley, why would you leave your family here in the United States to go across the, the ocean to another land where you don't know anyone? What possible reason could you have for being a missionary in Kenya? And I believe these verses that we've just read really do uh, give us the answer to that question. Uh, there are three simple points that I want to bring this, morning, or this evening out of this passage of Scripture. And it is these three points that will explain why my wife and I are in Kenya. And the very first point is this, that if our light be hid, then we are disobedient to the clear command of Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ, when He prepared to ascend up into heaven after His resurrection... He gave the church a commission to go into all the world and to preach the gospel to every creature. And you know the references there in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 20, Acts chapter 1, verse number 8. You know those verses that God has given us a responsibility to take the gospel to all the world. 
we're not to be confined to one little corner. Now, I have to be careful here because, Pastor, this is the first time I've ever preached in Canada. And so, uh, if, I, if I happen to mention the U.S. instead of Canada, uh, please forgive me. Uh, but it's the idea that it's not just for Surrey, Canada. It's not just for Bellingham, Washington. It's not just for uh, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. It's not just for Atlanta, Georgia. It's for all the world. And God has given us that very clear command that we are to go into all the world. We're to take the light of the gospel into all the world. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 16, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. We have a light that God has given to us and we need to shine it into all the world. Christ declared in verse number 14 of that same chapter, He said, Ye are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hid. And so He gives us the understanding that He wants us to shine forth that light. Uh, he said in verse number 15, Neither do men uh, light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Uh, I don't know. Do you, do you sing the little song, This Little Light of Mine? It, 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 does it get sung up here in Canada? I know that down, down south, we, uh, I guess every part of the United States is down south from here, except Alaska. Uh, but uh, down south, we, we teach our children in the children's church and Sunday school, this little light of mine, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, I'm going to spare you my singing. Uh, going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Won't let Satan it out. Uh, we're going to let the light shine. Now, we teach our children that, but do we practice it in our own lives? Are we truly letting the light of the gospel of Christ shine out in our neighborhoods, let alone around the world. And Pastor was sharing with me before the services that you are currently supporting 74 missionaries around the world. That's fantastic. Uh, we, we think it's wonderful for a church to have that kind of a heart to want to reach out into all the world. And literally, the light of Grace Baptist Church, Surrey, Canada shines all around the world. Uh, it used to be said of the, uh, the uh, British Empire that the sun never sets on the British Empire. You can say of Grace Baptist Church that the sun never sets on the ministries of Grace Baptist Church. You have a light that is shining all around the world. And we have that responsibility to carry the light into all the world. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 6 tells us that God commanded the light to shine out of darkness, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Uh, God has commanded that. And so if we refuse to let our light shine forth, then we are in direct disobedience to the command of God. The second thing I want you to see here is that if our light be hid, then we are denying the source of that light. Look at verse number 7 with me once again. The Bible says here in verse number 7, uh, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not us. 
Understand, the light is not ours, it's God's. Uh, I remember reading in Exodus chapter 34, the story of Moses, how that when he had been up on the mount with God, and when he came down from the mountain, the Bible tells us that his face shone with the light of God. And it was to the point that it frightened the people, and he had to cover his face with a veil to keep them from being frightened. I heard one preacher say that the reason why Moses actually put the veil on his face was because he, uh, the light was beginning to fade. Now, I don't know that that was true, but I do know that when he had been in the presence of God, the, the light of God's glory was reflected from Moses' face. And his face shined with that light. He was reflecting the glory of God. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 through 8, that uh, in the story of the transfiguration, when the Lord had, Jesus had gone up onto that mount of transfiguration, and He met with Moses and Elijah, and that He was transfigured before them. And His true glory was revealed. And He shone forth, the Bible says in verse number 2 of chapter 17, his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. Christ had revealed himself in that moment for who he is. He is God. He is the light of the world. Now, the difference between Moses and Jesus, Moses was reflecting the light. Jesus is the light. And so we have a responsibility as Christians to be like Moses and to reflect that light. Now, I, I don't know about you young men. Uh, you know, we're in more modern times and more civilized individuals. But I remember the first time my parents bought me a watch for my birthday. I guess I was about 9, 10 years old. And I wore that watch to school proudly. And I, I learned rather quickly that from my seat, the light shining through the window would hit my watch. And if I moved my watch just so, I could reflect that light into the eyes of the girl sitting next to me. Okay. Now, we're not to reflect in a distracting way the light of the Lord Jesus Christ but we are to reflect His light to a lost world. Paul said in Acts chapter 26 and verse number 18 that his commission from God to, uh, to go to the Gentiles included turning them from darkness to light. To turn them from darkness to light. And we have that same responsibility we have the responsibility of sharing the gospel of Christ. For centuries, Africa was known as the dark continent. Uh, partly because of the, the skin color of the indigenous people. Partly because it was an area that was uh, without a true gospel witness of its own. Uh, there was no, uh, no message of Christ among the African people. They, they worshipped uh, their idols, they worshipped their ancestors, they worshipped many things, and we still see some of that still going on even in Kenya today. 
They have their, their ancestor worship. They don't think of it as ancestor worship. They think of it as being uh, giving honor to their departed ancestors. Um, I, I was talking with one of our men about his tribal group. Uh, he was an Akamba, and uh, I had read some things, and I said, well, let me ask you this question. Uh, before you got saved, and he got saved as an older man, so he uh, would often frequent the pubs, and I said, when you frequented the pubs and you ordered your drink, what was the first thing that you did after your drink was served to you? He said, well, I would take and pour out a little bit of it onto the floor and say, Grandfather, that's for you. I said, so you were giving your grandfather a sacrifice. And his eyes went big and he said, I never looked at it that way before. And there were many other things that they do unconsciously that really does fall into this area of ancestor worship. And so we have to teach them and train them that it's all Jesus Christ. It's not the ancestors, it's not the idols, it's not the witch doctors. It's Jesus Christ that can care for you and that we are to worship and to honor. Uh, Africa is still in many ways a very dark continent. There are still many countries of, kin, uh, of Africa that do not have a clear gospel witness. And we, we need to get the gospel to all the world, including those parts of Africa that do not have that witness even now. But there's a third thing I want us to see, that if our light is hidden, if our light be hid, then we are disobedient to the clear command of God, if our light be hid, then we are denying the source of that light. Understand what you saw on the screen a little while ago, that was not Bill Coley. If it was dependent upon Bill Coley, there wouldn't have been anything to show you up there. It was all God. Uh, I don't have that ability to inspire people to want to build churches and to reach out into their communities. I don't have that ability, but God does. And God can touch the hearts. And so all that you saw on this screen a little while ago, it was so that God could be glorified and he would be recognized as the source of the light that we take to Kenya. The third thing is, if our gospel be hid... Satan wins the victory. Satan wins the victory. It says, if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Satan does not want Kenyans to be saved. Satan does not want Canadians to be saved, or Americans to be saved, or Filipinos to be saved, or Brazilians to be saved. He doesn't want them saved. And so when we're not allowing our light to shine forth, then Satan automatically wins the victory. But there is a fourth point here that I want to make, and that is, if our light be hid, the lost remain lost. The lost remain lost. I have 
wondered sometimes, have I really made any difference by going to Kenya as a missionary? I've wondered sometimes, am, am, I, am I doing anything of any value for the Lord? But then I start thinking about what God has allowed us to see and do over the last 21 years. I think of Morris. Morris was the cousin of uh, one of the men of our church. And during, I met him during our first term in Kenya, so this would have been approximately 20 years ago. I met Morris uh, at his home, and I had the opportunity to sit down and, and to witness to Morris and to see Morris come to know Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. Two months later, Morris was dead. He had gotten the flu, became pneumonia, and he died. What would have happened if I had not obeyed the Lord's command and taken the light to Morris there in Kenya? He'd be in hell today. I think about Nancy, who knew very little English. I met Nancy on my third term in Kenya. Uh, we, had, we were out on soul winning visitation, and she came and, and we began talking with her, and she, she didn't understand a whole lot of English. But Nancy turned out to be the first person that I had the opportunity to lead to the Lord using primarily Swahili. And she trusted Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. I think about five friends that I met a year ago, uh, Godfrey and Augury and Moses, Sammy and David. They were just out, out front of the house that they were living in, and we were out on visitation in Thindigua. Pastor Salonik and I, and we had the opportunity to stop by, and as we talked with him, we were able to see all five of these young men come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. What would have happened if we had stopped after that first, second, third term and not returned to Kenya with the light of the gospel? Then these five young men may never have come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. I think about James Macharia, a shopkeeper that we met while out on visitation in Ruaka, who gave us the opportunity to, to go ahead and witness to him and speak with him right there in his shop. And as we had the opportunity to share the gospel with him, James bowed his head and trusted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. Brother Coley, why? Why did you leave America? to go to a foreign land, a place you'd never been before, to work among people whom you never met, why would you do that? These names that I've just given you are just a few of the reasons. But then there are also those men and women whom we've trained in the Bible Institute, and we've seen them get a hold of the truth of the gospel of Christ for themselves and to get a, a hold of the truth of the Word of God for their daily lives and to see it make a great change in their lives and to see them now living for God, serving God. And many of the men are now pastoring churches or working in their, uh, their home churches, helping their pastors in their ministries. The ladies are helping to reach out to the younger ladies 
to be able to, to see them grow up. That's the Titus 2 project that you saw on the screen earlier that my wife has. It's the idea that the Bible says in Titus chapter 2 that the older women are to teach the younger women. And she has taken that to heart. And she is training these ladies. And they're able to take what they've learned back to their homes and to their churches that they're members of and to do the same and teach the younger women. That's what it's all about. So Brother Coley, why would you and your wife leave your family, your children, your grandchildren and go back to Kenya in 2020? Why would you do it? Because if our light be hid, the lost remain lost. And we have that clear command. And we don't want to let Satan win the victory by default. We want to, to stand against him and let that light shine. And I want you to, to think of this. Two statements here. The first statement is this. Someone has once said, the light that shines farthest shines brightest at home. You've got a bright light shining. You're reaching to the four corners of the world. And you have a bright light that shines. But then there's this statement. Even the dimmest light in the darkest night will be easily seen. I've had people say, Brother Coley, I can't be a witness. I, I can't serve the Lord. You know, I just don't know anything. Well, are you saved? Yes. Then you can tell them what Jesus did for you. The, the dimmest light is often all that's needed for a person to see uh, their greatest need. Let me ask you this question real quick. How many of you have one of these? Let me see your hands. How many of your phones uh, have been used to try and help you find something in the dark? Uh, maybe you don't have the flashlight on it, but you've gotten the, the screen lit up. I've done this, and I've held that screen down there, and I searched around, and it was just enough light for me to see what I needed to see. It doesn't matter that you've only been saved a week or two. It doesn't matter that you haven't been um, Bible college educated. It doesn't matter. You know what Christ did for you, and that is sufficient light for you to be able to show someone Jesus Christ. And so I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. I'll have a word of prayer, and then I'll turn things over to pastor.